going on, folks? It's the Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Sincere Hogan, my man Mike Mahler, and we've got a great guest coming from across the pond there. Um, hey, Mike, what's going on, man? Before we get into I'm doing good, man. Yeah, we have another great episode today. We're, we're on a roll right now. We had a killer month in January. We're starting off February with a great guest yesterday. And now we have another great guest today. We have a good friend of mine from the UK, John Lipsy. He's the former editor for Men's Fitness UK, which, by, by the way, is way better. Than way better. US. I mean, it's, it's funny. I was in the, the M Spa one time here in Vegas, and I was just flipping through some magazines. And I was reading what I thought was Men's Fitness USA. And I'm flipping through this going, man, this is some pretty good stuff. When did this magazine get so good? They had stuff about strongman <laughs> training in there. Right. They, were, they had like, hormone optimization information, just cutting-edge stuff. And then I looked at the front, and it said Men's Fitness UK. And I'm like, all right, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's, so it's, uh, the, the indicators, like, when you see, when you see it, an exercise that says press-ups, then that's when you know you have <laughs> the, the UK yeah. version and not the U.S. Yeah. version. We say push-ups. So there's yeah, a difference well, right there. Whatever, whatever I had an online class in the UK going, oh, are we going to incorporate press-ups in this? I'm like, what's that? Like, is that what you do when you're, you know, you're finished well, in the bedroom and you press up <laughs> to get off the bed? Or, you know, what is that? <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm blushing here. Yeah, I'm very flattered to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then uh, John, John actually has moved on from men's fitness, and we'll talk about what he's been getting into and some exciting developments he has along the way. But, John, welcome to the show, man. Great to have you. That's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. We know that when I just haven't talked to you uh, when I visited the UK a few times that your time at Men's Fitness was, was really exciting in the sense that you had a chance to travel the world. I think I went, you went to Kenya, Dubai, all over the place. And Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic job. And, yeah. you know, I was so lucky to be involved in that mag with that team because it was, if you're interested in the subject, um, then it doesn't feel like work. Right. And right. we had a great bunch of guys, and you get to do some, some fun stuff. Uh, you get to do things that you're just naturally interested in anyway. You right. get to do things that you would probably pay to do, right. but actually you're, you're paid to do them. So, you know, to have been there for a few years and, and got all those experiences is amazing. You're right. I went to, um, got, uh, got around the world a little bit as well. That's, that's awesome. How did you get that job? How did that whole thing happen? Uh, do you want the uh, the honest answer or the uh, the the one? Well, I mean, like we were talking about, the three of us who'd were talking with, about man? basically who you had to sleep with to get the job. But. I had to sleep with a lot. Of people. I, was more, I was more determined in that regard than anyone else. So I was prepared to sleep with anyone else to get the job. And I think that level of kind of dedication really kind of shone through in the end and, and won everyone over. Uh, but. Yeah, it's um, actually. I said no, we've, heard, we've heard there's many many desks at men's fitness quarters with your butt prints on it. So that's you. You, you definitely left your trademark there. Yeah, my, yeah, I have. To, so. Okay, man. You're, you're, assuming, you're assuming he's a bottom here. What are you doing, Mike? What, 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 what if those butt prints belong to a couple of females? I mean, come on. All right, John. I'm looking out for you on that one, man. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Um, so actually, I came, from, I came from the more kind of lifestyle end of things. And so right. I didn't actually come from a fitness background to start with. So when I was a, a young kid just breaking through, I actually came from the, the lifestyle mags uh, because when you're 23 years old, you kind of want to write about girls and beer and things like that. But then as you get a little bit older, you realize that's actually brilliant, but um, also a little bit empty as well. And uh, something about fitness that actually kind of, means something yeah so i got into that subject and then just yeah climbed the ladder and um ended up ended up editing the mag which is which is a fantastic experience now one thing i saw online john i saw that while you were at men's fitness that you pretty much helped make it like the most successful year that they ever had well the years while you were there how did you do that what what did you see that was needed at that time man to actually help them you know become a better magazine and now it makes a lot of sense because i'll say in the last few years yeah it was it got pretty freaking good to the point where there's no way i could even look at the u.s version after watch you know looking at the uk version i was like damn what's what's our problem why can't we step our game up (laughs) well it was entirely down to me no, that's not true. It was it was uh, down to, it was down to the whole team, and I think we decided that we were basically going to make the mag serious about fitness. So it wasn't going to be a kind of men's health light. It was going to have its own identity. It was going to carve out a niche as being the, the best uh, magazine about fitness. So if you were serious about training and nutrition, you actually wanted to make a difference in those areas, then it would be the best mag for you. 
And one of the things we were really lucky about, and you might be a bit surprised about this, is how much autonomy we had. So we weren't actually under any pressure really whatsoever to cover certain subjects or to take a certain line or a certain tone or steer clear of certain subjects. We were pretty much given free reign. And partly the reason for that is because it, the mag um, for the time I was there was generally doing well and we were generally increasing our readership. And, and um, so the whole business side of stuff was working out pretty well. And what you tend to find in a company, if the business side of stuff is working well, you get left alone. Right. If it's not working right. quite so well, then suddenly you get a lot more interference. But right. because things were going pretty well, we just got we, we were left to our own devices. And so that meant you get a bunch of guys sitting in a room talking about fitness and saying, well, what should we cover this month? What do we think is interesting? What do we think is not being done elsewhere? And so it was almost yes, like this kind of conversation where we would just have a chat, say, oh, you know, I, I saw this guy the other day. He seems to be doing some really interesting stuff. Let's, um, you know, let's talk to him if we can arrange a shoot or do some videos, even better. And uh, that's that's kind of how we went about it. But um, we took it seriously as well. You know, like we we wanted to immerse ourselves in the subject, and we wanted to we wanted to sort of practice what we preach, and that's why we we went and got stuck into things as well. So, like Mike, I've I've done a couple of um, uh, of your workshops. Yeah. Yeah, you came back to quite a few. And that's one thing that stuck me about you right away, John, is that you actually attended, when you asked to do a story on my workshop, a couple of things that I really liked. One, you actually offered to pay to come as a student, which I thought was really being respectful. And, of course, I waived that, but no one in the U.S. would ever say that. They would assume right away that, oh, you're going to comp us. They, 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 probably, would, they, yeah, they, they, they probably <laughs> yeah. wouldn't even, they probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't even be a stretch for them to say, how about you pay us to come? But the, yeah. fact, the fact that you offered to pay to come as a student, I thought was very respectful. That was very cool. And then you guys did a great job with the photo shoot. You, took, you actually took the course, too. So when you wrote the article, you were talking about someone who took it, not someone who just sat there on the sidelines taking a couple of notes and then right. taking off. So that was really cool. And that's, and that's why the articles turned out so well that on the courses you covered. You covered a few of my courses where it was just me. Then we did the dinosaur training course with Brooks Kubik, CJ Swabby, Sabina Scala. You guys covered that. You did a great job. And then, you know, recently I saw you at the Dan John course I did with Sabina again. So, I mean, it was, it was cool, man. I like the fact that you actually immersed yourself. So I definitely got yeah. that. And it, and it wasn't just me. So, you know, my colleague, actually, the guy um, from the MAG who was on your most recent UK course, uh, the associate editor, Joel Snape. Yeah, great guy. He, um, so, you know, he was, he was doing your course last year. And then a couple of years before that, for example, he, um, he did the Jim Jones uh, course when they were over here. Um, he's he's done other things with uh, with JC Santana was over here and a couple other people, you know we had another guy our old deputy editor actually put himself through a um, a twelve week transformation and got himself on the cover of the uh, September two thousand twelve issue I think it was oh, yeah 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 sure. yeah I remember that yeah been on the cover that I guess it just shows what we wanted to do is we wanted to show people for a start this it's just great fun to get involved and get stuck in and it's so rewarding. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why it, it was important to us to not just write about it, but also do it as well and, and experience it firsthand, because then it's more authentic. Right. Exactly. exactly. So you're getting that firsthand account. And again, you're walking and walking, talking and talking. This is not some fat fuck sitting exactly. behind a desk talking about fitness <laughs> and making a bunch of money. Just like, I mean, most of the guys at Maximum, are they getting laid? Are they really getting laid? They're trying to give us all this advice about women. You know, they, they, may, they, may, they may be closet dwellers for all we know. We don't know what's going on with those guys over there. We're just buying into this stuff, and they're just making money off of it. So we don't know. So it's good to know that somebody actually, like, got out in the field and, they actually walk the walk, you know, and talk the talk there, man. Yeah, these guys yeah, I think, you know, another thing that I think was important to us is the fact that we were, okay, yeah, we, were, we were guys who do enjoy training, but we were also very ordinary. <laughs> I don't even know if I actually achieved the standard of ordinary sometimes. I, was, I felt well below that. But the point is that I think it was important to prove that to have a go, you don't need to be a super athlete just to have a go. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is an important message to anyone who's, who's right. uh, kind of you know interested in fitness or interested in training just turn yeah. up get started right. and also I think with a lot of these things um, I always found when you get in a group situation like that the the kind of team ethic is amazing and you right. get a bunch of people who've never met each other before yeah cool. but because everyone's sort of put themselves on the line a little bit they've turned up and you're going to do something that's probably quite hard you're probably going to push yourself wherever your own limit is you're going to try and push yourself to your own limit 
And that takes a bit of guts and it takes, you know, uh, it's a lot easier to not bother. It's a lot easier just to stay at home and sit on your sofa. So I think people respect um, other people for giving it a go. And, you know, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to be the best, but that's not, it's not essential. Right. Yeah. Right. There's, there's some type of bond there when you're in a group and you're all going through the same pain right. and ass kicking together and, you're, and you can actually <laughs> exactly. say to yourself like, you know what? At least I know it's not just me. This dude's sucking at, he's sucking wind as much as I am. And probably everybody, especially like at Mike's workshop, collectively all you guys probably saying, you know, fuck this asshole. But you just say it loud. But it feels good when you know you're all thinking the same thing. You look at each other and give that little wink and nod like, yep, I called him an asshole in my head too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's totally much worse than that. Much worse. <laughs> I caught you guys in the, in the men's room talking about you behind my back a few times. So we don't know what's going on there. We're no, no, behind your back talking, Mike. I think that's a little dangerous right there. They're the missing <laughs> behind your back. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't let anyone behind my back in the UK. I think we my call mom. that a scene from Oz, man. <laughs> yeah. I always have my back facing the wall when teaching. So I, know, I know where all the exits are and where everyone is. Absolutely. No, no you, bring up, you bring up a good point. And I think, I think a lot of people get intimidated about going to workshops because they yeah. feel that, oh, I'm going to be weak and people are going to make fun of me and I'm going to be ridiculed and, and no one's going to do that. And if anyone even tried to do that, we would squash that so fast as instructors. But I, I've yeah. never had to do that in the 13 years that I've taught. I've never had someone come in and, and be a, a jerk off to other students. You know, people, people that are really strong are people that had to work really hard to get that. And we all started off at the bottom. You know, none of us just started off strong coming out of the gate. And it's all relative, the word strong anyway. You know, my, my, my maximum deadlift weight is my coach Mark Phillippe's warm-up weight. You know, so it's, it's all it's all relative. And when you when when people come out to a course like that, that's often the common feedback I get is people felt like they really achieved something. They met really cool people. They loved the supportive environment, and then they felt that getting through the course was an accomplishment. Like they, they yeah, were like, wow, I really pushed myself and I made it. If you are genuinely strong, and it's interesting, you know, what is, as you say, what exactly does strong mean? But if you are a genuinely strong person, then you're not the kind of person who, who needs to go around making other people feel bad if they can't necessarily lift, lift the same weight as you, or maybe their arms aren't quite the same size as yours. Right. And in fact, if you do that, if that's the way you behave, then you are utterly, utterly weak, in my that's opinion. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's that's another thing, you know, we we're, we didn't want ego in the mag and it wasn't about you know it was it was it was kind of self-deprecating that's partly because if you if you have an ego in britain you're not very popular right uh, right to be honest so, uh, make sense. Well, i think i think self-deprecating is a good skill i mean sincere and i have talked about that how we'll make fun of ourselves that course is and so forth and i think i think that really sets the tone well so i remember when i i taught in scotland for the first time and there was, there was kind of a starstruck effect with a lot of the students, yeah. which kind of always throws me off because I'm not the yeah. one who, who, who tries to get that. So it kind of throws – I don't look – I don't carry myself it's, that way. Yeah, they're, they're maybe like a little bit uptight and yeah. then they're maybe yeah. anxious. And then, no, but I could, I could tell people were really somewhat intimidated and the room was like really quiet. Like when I was like, okay, let's get started. And it was like super quiet, like you could drop <laughs> a pin in there. I'm like, all right, I, I've got to – I've got to make fun of myself a little bit and some other people just to set the tone here so these people don't think it's going to be, you know, a Lewis, Lewis got the junior impersonation from the movie Officer and Gentleman for six hours. You know? <laughs> and then I just started making fun of myself. And as the students introduced myself, I'd have some light humor with them. And then all of a sudden people relaxed and it was a really fun weekend for me and them. You could just tell. So I think when I, when I see instructors who try to set this, that this kind of military instructor wannabe type energy, I go, you're not you're not doing anyone a real service. And I, I think it's almost a position of you want people to be subservient to you because it makes you feel tough. So yes, yeah, sir. I when I say this, I want you to say yes, sir. But anyone's going to call you one yes, sir. It's going to be me to the students, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, oh, yeah, don't compensate much, buddy. What you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wonder what someone's trying to prove. Right. By doing that, I would always question that. I would well, always, always, always they, it was never in the military, first of all. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the first thing, because I've met many Navy SEALs and other special forces, and I've had, and had quite a few military elite from your country come to courses, and they're always super cool people. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, you know, that just an extension of the um, how welcoming something like a workshop can be, because let's face it, generally a workshop where somebody's paid uh, a decent amount of money to give up their entire weekend maybe just to train that's probably some there's probably people who are 
going to be pretty committed to, to training and to fitness anyway. Right. Uh, right. So if they feel intimidated, it just kind of goes to show you, well, what does the average person feel about fitness? And I think right. that's the biggest, I think that's one of the biggest barriers to why more people don't exercise and why people, more people don't get into it. I just think they're very, very intimidated by the idea of even you know walking into a gym in the first place they think everybody's going to be scary they think ev- the, the big fear is everyone's going to look at me right yeah. that's one thing that everyone <laughs> right. and the right. reality is that nobody could care less what you're doing right well, they're all thinking the same thing like, don't look at me <laughs> yeah. you know you don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> unless you're unless you're an attractive woman uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking thing. at you. But, <laughs> then we're going to look whether you like it or not. <laughs> but I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> I did. Don't worry. Yeah. But also, but, uh, you know, John, yeah, also so I think just just yeah, if I also think there's just, oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Yeah, I was say there's some way we can kind of take that intimidation factor out of fitness. Then I think we'll be doing a good job. But um, it's a tough one. Yeah, and I think another thing is most of the things that most people, the common everyday person has shown, like whether it's on TV, whether it's the infomercials or if it's just the magazine itself, they're showing these people who appear to be super fit and already there with the fitness models and things like that, or they have these fitness models on these commercials just going at it, doing all these crazy moves, or even a friend of mine I was just talking about this last night, uh, even like on, I, on Instagram, it's real popular now for all the yogis now to post their little 15-second videos on Instagram, but most of them are like what they call inversion junkies. They're doing all these headstands, and they're doing all these different moves. They're upside down. Well, look, man, to the average person that wants to get started with yoga, they look at them like, you know what? Screw that. There's no way in the world I could do that. And the same thing, when you look at these magazines, you think like, well, dude, I'm nowhere near looking like that guy. This dude has like 2% body fat. He's all shiny and glistening. And okay, that's called baby oil. You can go do that, but just do it in the privacy of your bathroom. You know, but he's, you know, he's sitting there, he's all ripped up and things like that. But a lot of times they don't even know that this model has pretty much done like a water diet or something like that before the photo shoot. But they're just going by those appearances and they feel very intimidated by it. Well, they'll see someone like Mike and myself at a workshop, and they've seen things we've done online, and they think, like, well, I've seen with you guys. There's no way I could do that. And like Mike said before, we all start at the bottom, too. And so it gets very intimidating. So it's just trying to remove that barrier of thinking, like, hey, look, we didn't didn't come out of the womb sitting there doing 97-pound kettlebell presses right out of mom's womb right there. (laughs) So, you know, we just took some work, and you know what? Hey, put in the work. This is a good start. Come to this workshop, start learning some things, and – you can get there too if that's what your goal is going to be. And I think a lot of times that the instructors don't carry that over and let them know that. And that's why they're so intimidated by these things, man. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it was something that came up quite a lot uh, um, during my time in the magazine about the cover models and how they look and how they are sort of these perfect specimens. And some people do find that intimidating. Some people do find that unrealistic. But mm-hmm then it has to be a kind of aspirational looking person in, in the mag because that's what you're, you know, that's what you aspire to attain. Um, but I think probably for a lot of people, if it's maybe the first time you're picking up a mag, then it could seem a long way away. But I think right. people probably underestimate just how much progress they can make pretty rapidly. Um, right. And at the same time, you don't want to lower standards because of that either. So in other words, if, if, you, if you set a certain tone at a course and, and people are, you want people to come up to that level rather than you have to keep lowering the bar and lowering the bar. So in other right. words, I like what you're saying. So you, you want to have something aspirational where people look at it and they're, they're, they're not necessarily opening up the magazine and wanting to see them in there. They want to see something that they perceive as where they want to go in there. Right. Yeah. Now it becomes more inspirational and so forth. And like you said, if people, are, if people commit to real training, proper restoration, good nutrition, I mean, you'll be shocked how much progress you can make. You might not be super rip guy in 10 weeks like the infomercials say, but you're <laughs> definitely going to be a lot further ahead than you are right now. Right. No doubt about that. Yeah, and I, I think another thing is that if we could somehow shift people's mindset to think less short-term and more long-term, more about like actually right. part of my life now, then you almost don't really have to worry about how quick it's happening. And if you do think, well, actually eating a certain type of food or just being active several times a week, that's just part of my life, then you don't really worry too much about is it going to, change me in a set number of weeks for example right. although 
obviously that's probably one of the biggest criticisms that we we always had i would say is is those um those lines that you get on the cover that's probably oh, the yeah. biggest thing that people people kind of would say yeah you know what i like the mag but and it would always be that um yeah. but i guess you know the justification is you need to attract people's attention otherwise uh, well, well, if you, well, if you say get your dream body in three years, you know no one's going to pick up the magazine, even though that's probably the, that's probably the truth. Yeah, yeah they're like, you know what? I'll come back in but, three years and pick up the magazine. <laughs> but look, remember high school? That was four years, right? Well, that's how long it's going to take to achieve your trading goals. Want to buy the product now? <laughs> so, yeah. So you, way, kinda, you have to use skillful, like the Buddha talked about, skillful means, right? Like using language that is going to attract people, so you can get your message in front of them. Right. Exactly, because otherwise you've you've not you've, you've lost the opportunity to start talking sense to them. So my feeling was that I didn't mind a little bit of license on the cover if it meant that people were going to get involved and then read all of the amazing information inside it. Right. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't put bullshit on the cover, um, but I think um, sometimes you might just entice people in. Uh, then when you've got their attention, you can actually start to impart genuinely useful stuff that you know is going to have an amazing effect on their life. I think right. that's probably right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're dangling a carrot in front of them, but hey, it's, so, still uh, a carrot. it's still a carrot. It's not a fake piece of orange cardboard in front of your face. You know, it's still a carrot. It's not exactly. bullshit. <laughs> right. I mean, I think that's where people get a little bit confused with fitness marketing. And I know you're a branding expert, so we can talk a little bit about that, too. I think some people are in two camps. One, they're, they're, they don't care what marketing strategy they have to use. They don't care how over the top it is, how sensational it is. They go, and justify the means. You have that camp. And then you have other people who are going, man, I don't want to come off this way. I want to be taken seriously as a professional. And then they don't do any marketing at all, and as a result, they get nowhere. I mean, the, the people that use the sensational marketing, at least in the short run, are going to get more forward progress than people that don't use any at all. But I think you have to find that middle ground. You, you have to be aggressive with marketing, no doubt about it. You have to write good ad copy. You have to be like, look, this is a great product, and here's why. You have to be enthusiastic about whatever it is. Otherwise, why would anyone else be? But at the yeah. same time, I don't think you have to take it so far. Like with my testosterone booster, I don't have to say, look, you know, you're going you're gonna to get stronger. Your dick's going to get five inches bigger. <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to have a sex drive like when you were 18. Remember that? You, know, you don't have to use that kind of language. But you can basically say, look, here's, here's what I think this, here's what the product did for me, here's the feedback I'm getting, here's how it works. You can make it informative and push it without just insulting people's intelligence. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. When I was working in publishing, I couldn't really set the agenda because I had to work within the entire publishing industry. So I could take a stand about something, but it would have no effect whatsoever because I'd just be one lone person <laughs> in a huge big right. industry. Yeah. So that would have been utterly pointless. But now I'm doing my own thing, and my thing is helping fitness brands um, develop and helping them stand out and basically get selected in a very crowded market. Now I'm doing my own thing. I don't need to appeal to everyone. Um, so I'm doing things my way, and I know what's important to me, and I know what I believe in. And I'm basically very, very I'm very anti-selling. Right. And um, I'm anti-selling and pro-branding. Basically what that means is I think – there's something inherently suspect about selling because there's, you can't escape the idea that there's something about it that could be me convincing you to buy something that you don't need and aren't going to benefit from. <laughs> and I've got, I've got a big problem with that because yeah. I don't con anyone out of any money and I don't want anyone who works for me to con anyone out of any money. Uh, what I do want is for someone, say they're a good, they're, they're, they're a fitness professional, I want them to be able to communicate the, their worth as a coach so that people who might be their clients can actually understand what the benefits are of working with that person and then they, um, and then they get some new clients and, and do good with those clients. So it has to be about substance for me. It has to be about building something that matters. It has to be building something that means something rather than just some empty crap that you're selling because right. you con someone into buying it, and I have no right. interest in that whatsoever. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big difference between having a one-time customer and a lifelong client right there because right. people are going to continue exactly. to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. It's a very right. simple rule right there. So if they don't, if they don't really know you and, or you come off real sleazy and they don't like you, then guess what? They're not going to trust you and buy anything else from you. And God forbid, if they did buy something from you and it sucked, 
then yeah, it's a wash. And you know, in the internet age, you are done because they're going to get online and tell everyone. And nothing spreads faster than any type of negative publicity about yourself. And, and you can't delete it. You can't take it off. Once it's out there, it's done, son. So, you know, your reputation is everything. So you've got to really think about that. So especially those that just want to get in and get out and create, like Mike was saying, on that one end of the spectrum where they just go over the top with their marketing and promise all this crap that has no substance whatsoever. Like you're just setting yourself up for failure. And pretty soon you're going to, I hope you have a nice list of A-listers that you can go by when you create these digital products or whatever. So you can hide behind these different names because once that one name <laughs> is muddied, it's a wrap, son. You're done. No more. Yeah, after that's that. true. Yeah, John. So let me ask you this. What prompted you to leave men's fitness? Because I mean, obviously from what you just described to us, you, everything was very successful. Things are really going your way. Everything's looking great over there. What prompted you to leave them and then move on and start your own thing? Well, to be honest, I've been there for a long time. I was I was on the magazine for nine years in the end, and I was uh, editing the mag for four years. And uh, I felt we'd progressed it. I felt we'd moved it forward. Uh, but I thought it was actually a natural time for me to go because I think any product needs um, fresh ideas and, and mm. fresh people and, and some natural turnover. And there were some things that I wanted to do in my own life um, that I wouldn't have been able to do whilst I was still there. So I wanted to established this uh, branding uh, business and I also wanted to look at it, explore a couple of other new opportunities a couple of which are kind of cooking at the moment which I can't quite tell you about just yet uh, sounds like I'm either making it up or just teasing you but basically I'll, I'll hopefully be able to uh, go into a little bit more detail in a couple of months if you'll ever have me back I can come back and tell you about that but um, yeah there were just things that I wanted to do for myself I also wanted to start my own thing um, take charge of something uh, rather than work for someone else. Actually, that was quite a big. That was quite a big factor. Right. I wanted. To, I basically wanted to sleep in more. I wanted to, <laughs> to get up every day and uh, and not have a boss. And that was that was yeah. it. Really. That, that kind of makes me think. What, what were the negatives of working at Men's Fitness? And the, the maybe one was, for example, you had to wake up early. You had set hours. There was pressure maybe from people above. And what were some of the negatives of just working in a corporate environment or publishing environment? Yeah, do you know, I think it would be a bit churlish for me to kind of say too much about what was negative. I yeah, sure, sure. Anything negative was kind of probably self-imposed. I, I worked right, long right. but that was my choice. Right. You know, that was exactly. kind of my choice. Because, but, I, but then I, you know, I enjoyed what I did, so I don't really have a problem with that. Um, I sometimes feel like um, the senior management I worked with didn't always fully understand the brand and the product. Um, and so sometimes you would have some arguments about what you felt was best versus what they felt was best. And I, if I felt like they didn't really fundamentally understand what we were doing, I didn't think that they could make the best decisions. And I think uh, most of the time um, I was proved right. So, you know, that was... Uh, <laughs> That was fun. But I think, just, just, speaking, just, just speaking personally, like when I when I work for other people, I just realized that I, I don't I don't like having to deal with other people when making decisions. And what I mean by that is when I, when I run my own business, I, I make all the moves right or wrong. So if I'm going to launch something, I'm taking full responsibility for that. If it doesn't work out, I'm taking full responsibility for that, which I don't mind at all. I get to set my own hours. I wake up whenever I want. At this stage of my career, I work whenever I want. So, I mean, see, those were that, that level of freedom was really important to me. So, I mean, right. that, that's kind of that, I kind of feel that you're is in a similar direction in the sense that yeah. you wanted full autonomy of what you're trying to do. I did, and also I tend to get completely stuck into whatever I'm doing, and I tend to work very hard at whatever I'm doing, and right. I just felt like I wanted to get the reward from it, really, <laughs> right. uh, rather than working hard for someone else perfectly blunt. So. Yeah, exactly. there's always that delay yeah. working with someone else. Somebody's got to sign off on this and approve this and approve that and go through this chain of command. And then by the time it finally gets approved, if it does get approved, it's stale. It's like old news. Somebody else jumped on it. The competition already probably jumped on it now. And they took the idea and ran with it. Now you're just sitting there looking stupid. And he's like, well, damn, dude, can you move a little faster next time? But, yeah. But I think the thing is when you're working for someone else, all of your hard work ultimately goes to help them, their brand which is okay. I mean, oh, you know dude. that going in, you know that going in, but at the same right. time, that's not as exciting as doing your own thing where you're building your own brand and all of your energy is going to furthering that because that's yours to keep. 
Yeah, and actually, the guy who owned the company, the company I worked for, the publishing house I worked for, was owned by one guy, an incredibly successful, incredibly wealthy man, who I think is worth about five hundred million pounds, which I guess wow. is something yeah. like seven hundred fifty. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. You know, he's doing pretty well. And he's, he, you know, he's obviously been phenomenally successful, and he's written a couple of books about how to get rich. And he says, if you work for someone else, you're an idiot, frankly. That's kind of <laughs> that's ultimately what he says. So yeah. I kind of took his advice. Um, <laughs> you're, you're like, thanks, I'm not going to work for you anymore, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a bit of an idiot reading that as one of the <laughs> Yeah, you're an employee reading that going, if you work for someone else, you're an idiot. It's like, man, I work for you. Tell them about me. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're my favorite idiot, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I love when entrepreneurs say stuff like that, I though, because they're thinking if you work... Yeah, if you, work, if you don't work for yourself, you're an idiot. But then what does that say about all of their employees? So I, 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 always, I always love that contradiction, man. It cracks me up. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I was definitely one of the best idiots there. <laughs> well, if you're going to be an idiot, be a top one. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to yeah. be at, at the like bottom of the idiot Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With branding, are you – I like to say – in business, some of the good advice I got was you want to position yourself. You don't want to prospect. And I think that kind of goes back to what you're talking about where you're just focused on sales. And by positioning, I mean you create great content and build a very good reputation so that people are coming to you to see what you're doing. And then they're going, okay, I like this guy. I trust him. Like what Sincere was talking about, I, don't, I, I have faith in buying his products and he – has a satisfaction guarantee, so I know if I don't like this for whatever reason or if I'm a non-responder, he's going to do right by me. I think that's a much different approach than no one knows who you are, you haven't put out any information where there's any reason for someone to even find you, and then you're just trying to sell them, and now it's a convincing game. So I feel like you're, that's a weak position, in my opinion, where you're just trying to convince people all day long. Yeah, the best thing you can do is try and pull people towards you rather than just push stuff onto them. Right. And you do that by establishing who you are and as you say putting out some probably free with very high quality information uh, that shows a huge amount of confidence it shows that you're interested in actually helping people it's not just about you taking you're not just trying to you know make a quick buck and get out there as fast as you can um, but I think also probably the most important thing certainly for people working in fitness because it's such a crowded market is just finding a distinctive space and you you did that incredibly well with you know just for example even just the name uh, you know aggressive strength training immediately separates you from virtually everyone else right so it's it's interest it's an interesting name it's an intriguing name it's a name that will put some people off but you don't really care about that because you don't need everyone you just need a committed right. group of people and. You know, I know that's a, a, a deliberate thing as far as you're concerned, but what I see out there is just too many people doing the same thing, being generic, and there's just nothing to tell one person apart from from another. And, and if you're indistinguishable, why the hell would somebody want to pay you any more than the other guy? Right. So right. I think, you know, having your distinctive space is absolutely vital for somebody who wants to uh, make a success of their career in fitness. Yeah. I was, you know, Mike and I talk about that, that especially in this fitness world, you know, you right. have to, you have to just get over yourself and you have to become a brand. You have to realize that you are the brand because let's be honest, there's lots of equipment out there. So there's plenty of equipment. There's plenty of so-called different new ways of training and working out. And they have these little branded names on them and they, you have stuff like a P90X and Sandy, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, to make you stand out, to help you stand out, you have to be your own brand or come up with something that is going to stick out and you do something like you. I mean, you can't be pissed at P90X and, and Insanity. They've done, they stood apart. They didn't do anything relatively new per se, but not only did they have a brand that stood out, but they also had some personalities that were brands as well with Tony Horton and even Sean T. Questionable at best as far as fitness professionals, but still personalities. So I think, and I think that's what's lacking a lot of times in the fitness world is that too many people are afraid to be a personality because they feel like, well, I look like I'm a fraud or something like that. Well, dude, if you're being you and you're not a fraud, then you're okay. But if you're a fraud right. in your life, then, well, you are what you are. What you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, I think the that's the operative. I think, I think that's the operative word, though, what you said, said sincere is, you know, you're being yourself. In other words, if you have to put on this act where – 
you're a low key guy and you're like, all right, when I get in front of the room, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into Al Pacino mode like him in Heat <laughs> in the movie Heat. You know, that that's gonna get old fast. It's kind of like being in a relationship where you have to fake this persona the whole time in order to have the upper hand. It's like, well, that's gonna get old real fast, man, because you can't. You're always if you have to be in character all the time. That's gonna be yeah, a real know. drain. You, you know, but if you can just be yourself in a business, you can just get in front of the room and you act naturally, saying what you want to say, teaching in the style you want to teach. That's not going to get old because you're, you're not being anything but yourself. There's, and then there's consistency among your, your message, whether it's a video, a YouTube clip, an article, yeah. a audio interview, a workshop. I feel that you really want to have consistency right. among all of those communication mediums because that throws people off too. When someone is this flamboyant personality on Facebook, and then when you meet them in person and they can't even hold eye contact and they're about as charismatic as a tadpole, now then, you know, then, then uh, you know, there's a total disconnect there. People are going, you know, what? People are like, what's going on here, man? This guy, this guy seems like the coolest dude in the world on Facebook. And no, that, that's dude, a common occurrence now. I would put that. Socially bipolar is what he is. <laughs> I would say that's. In, in my sort of top three most important things for any fitness brand. So I would say right. probably being distinctive is the number one thing. Then uh, the, the next two would be consistency. You have to keep hammering the same message and you can't give one message one day and then another one the next because people are just going to get confused, as you say. And then the other one is to be focused, focused on an area and accept that you're not going to appeal to everyone. Anyone who says, yeah, I appeal to everyone, this is for everyone, is just deluding themselves. Right, it right. can They're never broke. be for They're everyone. broke. They're broke. Their business is failing. <laughs> it's, it's obvious. Yeah. So so there's no way you can please everyone. I can't even please anyone sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> it's never gonna happen. The idea of branding is, is, I think a lot of people think it's, it's a load of bullshit. A lot of people think that it's uh, you're kind of... Uh, out. making yeah. something out of nothing just to fool people right. into right. buying something. It could not be further from that, and certainly the way I do it, it couldn't be further from that. It's about trying to help people work out what actually matters to them. So if you're a kind of fitness professional, what really matters to you? What makes you you? What makes you distinctive? What can you be passionate about? And then, as you said, since it, what can you be authentic about rather than adopting a, pers a personality or trying to kind of uh, invent uh, something that, that you stand for. It has to be something that comes from you. It has to come from your heart because then you'll, you'll be able to live it every day. You'll never get tired of it, as you said, Mike. And it won't be a kind of this, this sort of burden that you have to go, oh, do I have to go through this routine again? It has to be natural. It has to, it has to be something that actually matters to you. I think, I think the problem is and Sincere and I talk about this all the time, is that there are quite a few people in our industry that are essentially paid actors. You know, they're, 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 they're acting as trainers. They're like <laughs> yeah. a professional actor that's out there doing that. But they're successful doing that in terms of financial. They're making good money and so forth. So I think that's where people get disconnected because they hear what you're saying. And I repeat that message quite a bit, and Sincere does too. And a lot of us, that, a lot of the high-quality trainers we know do as well. But then there's people that are very successful where it's clear they're not doing any of that stuff. It's a, it's a persona. It's, they're basically a fraud. They lie about their background. They still have a high level of success in terms of financial again. And I think that's where people are going, well, you know, this, this is, is this the deal with the devil I'm going to have to make if I really want to achieve this? Right. Well, maybe that's something that people just have to ask themselves because, right, you know, right. life, exactly. you can be successful. You can be a complete bastard, you know. Um, and that's Donald, just uh, that's just something you have to say. Well, what kind of you know. what kind of person am I? Would right. I right. accept, you know, absolutely getting rid of all my principles if it means uh, earning a living that I I want, or would I like to find a way that means I can also earn what I want, but actually hang on to the things I believe in as well? Right. And I don't. You know, it's I think that's a personal choice. And if you're if you're someone who doesn't have any principles, doesn't have any scruples, then yeah, maybe you'll you'll just do whatever it takes. But um, yeah, then, then don't speak to me. Go speak to someone else. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. That's absolutely correct. Because as you know, like in any business, there are people who are kind of lie and cheat, and there you know you sure. might be for all the people kind of listening. I'm sure there's someone in there team wherever they work who kind of takes credit for things they haven't done who lies on their cv well everyone lies on cv but you know who, <laughs> but you know people who do kind of lie and cheat just to get a, a rung up the ladder and sometimes it works out for them 
Uh, but then I like to think that maybe when they go home at night, they cry themselves to sleep. You know, <laughs> I, th- I think it affects them in some other way. Like they start developing yeah. health issues, or they they have this they have this anxiety all the time because they're worried that someone's going to find out they're a fraud, and they're always they, worried about that. Or they have these six fetishes. Yeah, or they have these six fetishes, and they're buying domi- you know paying dominatrix to beat them. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Them, the whole, the whole dominatrix weak. industry relies on these people for sure. Exactly. <laughs> like, I need to be punished. <laughs> I'm your slave. Yeah, you're I'm my, you're my but I don't know what I was going to ask you something actually, because uh, one thing I'm definitely picking up over here in the in the UK at the moment is quite a lot of hostility within the fitness industry ah. um, between trainers, and it's all kind of taking place on social media. Ah. and uh, I'm kind of very active on social media, um, and I'm pretty much I'm, I am complete I'm myself. So I'm like this, really. And um, I don't really, I don't slag people off particularly. I don't pick fights with people. I have a discussion about anything with anyone. But I'm really noting at the moment there's quite a lot of, um, it's quite a lot of people who are, um, I guess, kind of calling each other out and, and stuff like that. Is that happening over there as well? well that, that's always happened, I think. Yeah. And that's the nature of the Internet because it's easy to call people out on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube that you're, you know, you're never going to meet in your life. And I think I think some people get really bothered by that. For example, I, a good friend of mine who was in the fitness business for a while, and then she kind of gravitated to, to other things because when she saw people on message boards talking smack about her, she just couldn't deal with that because she, she's like, wow, these people have never met me, and they're saying all these things about me. And, and it really bothered her to the point where she would start, you know, she would be going to these boards daily and looking at what people are saying about her. I'm like, look, first of all, why are you even going to these boards? But you have two choices here, okay? You either get on the board and you engage these people and defend yourself, or you don't look at all. And frankly, you know, you're better off doing number two, because otherwise you're going to be wasting a lot of time. You know, I, don't, I don't put my name into Google and, and try to see what people are saying about me on boards and so forth, and then go in there and defend myself, because so you didn't, that's you didn't a waste of time. what I'm saying about you. I'm, oh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> Yeah, I retweeted it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, Bottom Man, I think that's your, uh, your handle. Yeah, Twitter.com slash Bottom Dude. I think Bottom, bottom Man is your, is your handle on some of the forums. I did see you say some stuff now that I think about it. <laughs> no. But I think, I think that hostility is, is, is just human nature. I don't think it's even just the fitness industry. I think that's probably going to be, be any industry. There's a lot of jealousy out there whenever someone's successful with anything. Yeah. So, yeah, John, my opinion on that, man, it's a crabs in a barrel type situation, man. It's, you know, like we just said, in the fitness industry, you have so many people, there are so many people who don't take, make the choice to be their own brand and stand out. They're going to just try to, they're going to be mediocre and they're going to choose to try to go the way that everyone else is going. Well, if everyone is going that same direction, then you got that crabs in the barrel thing. So if I'm going to be doing the same thing that you're doing as a fitness professional and it looks like you're getting ahead of me and we're doing the exact same thing, then they're going to be, you know, they're going to take the low road and try to pull that person down. And, and so they can try to move up, even though you both were talking about the exact same thing, you're teaching the exact same style, you're pretty much the exact same person. And if I close my eyes, I don't know which one is which if I'm not looking at either, either one of you. So that's what ends up happening. So, again, it's just a fight for position. It's a fight for mediocrity, it, it, to, to sum it up. They're all, yeah, they're all trying to fight to be right. as, as base. They're trying to be the most outstanding mediocre person they can be, and they don't want the other <laughs> mediocre person to be even better at being mediocre than they are, which is just, it just doesn't make any damn sense. Well, well my attitude is if you're, even, if you're even on these mediums getting to, into these debates, then you're, you're not working. your time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not I mean, well, you're how, not much, <laughs> how much money are you making doing that? How many people are you helping? How many new clients are you getting? How much of your brand are you building? So, I mean, I don't, I don't waste my time looking at any forums or any of this kind of stuff. And, and that's just not a good use of my time. There's so many better things to do. And there were, there were times in the past where I would, I would jump in there and I would be very coy and clever about defending myself. And, you know, then, then I'd be like, I'd put everybody in their place and I've got this moral high ground. But then, but then did, what, what did I really win? You know, I, I got yeah. a bunch of people to shut up that are never going to buy anything from me ever. <laughs> you know, they're never going to support me. And also, I mean, if, None of these people would ever say any of these things if they ever saw me anywhere, you know, in, in, to me in person or anything like that. So, so what are you really winning here? So, I mean, a good friend of mine, Dale Hart, who was on the show, he's a former UFC fighter. I remember I was talking about some jack-off on YouTube that was saying something on one of my clips. And I was like, yeah, you know, so I went on there and I said this, that, and so forth. And Dale's just shaking his head. I'm like, what are you shaking your head for? He's like, Mike, you broke the first rule of this whole Internet space, which is 
just engaging, you've already lost, man. Just the fact yeah. that you even went on there and engaged that that person won because that person actually got you to take time to respond. So they're thinking, oh, man, look at this. I talked shit about him, and I got him to actually come on here and have to defend himself. Yeah, I mean, so I think a, a, there's no way to win thing goes, As the old saying goes, do you want to be right or do you want to be at peace? And right. I mean, it's just, it's just not going. It's not going to be the same. So if you're sitting there constantly defending this or getting offended, then you're not at peace. And guess what? Like Mike says, they win. <laughs> so you're just feeding. You're feeding that, the beast. Exactly. That hostility is always there, though, John. I mean, in, yeah. in, just in the kettlebell community, you have so many different factions on what people think is the best way to use kettlebells, and these people yeah. are constantly debating each other. And the one thing they all have in common is that none of them probably even train with kettlebells. They're too busy <laughs> online debating with each other. The rest of us who actually use the tool are out there working out. With whatever, with whatever system we decide yeah. to go with, or teaching it, or doing something with it that's useful, and that's just kettlebells. I mean, you get into powerlifting, same thing. Bodybuilding, same thing. CrossFit, same thing. So whatever community, there's, there's always going to be people that try to assert themselves in some way. It's like, we have the best thing going on over here. We want this. This is the best diet. You know, diet is like religion for a lot of oh people. Oh, my gosh. People get really offended where they you're eating a certain way that they don't agree with. They feel like they have to... Like, like you're bring you to their camps. Like, look, this is not good for you. At some point, it's not going to work out. You need to be doing this and that and so forth. It's like, oh, you know, I'll decide what I need to do. Don't worry yeah. about it. One thing so, yeah, I yeah, so, is, yeah. You, uh, you've got you've got Bible beaters have turned themselves into like cookbook beaters now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, that's something that the entire fitness world, I think, has to realize that not everyone has to think the same way as you. Right. And you know, it's perfectly I think the world needs to okay think that way. for. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you might be into one way of training, and somebody else might enjoy another. And I'm not saying we all have to kind of you know have a big group hug and get along, but you don't have to convert everyone. I feel like we've got some kind of fitness missionaries out there who are um, they're absolutely kind of you know they're complete zealots about uh, their way of doing things, and everyone else is wrong. So maybe they need to lighten up a little bit. Now, I had a guy come through one of my courses one time, a CrossFit guy. He's like, oh, you know what? I don't really understand the benefit of, of pressing the kettlebells from this rack position. It doesn't seem like an athletic position. And uh, Sabina was teaching the course with me, so she was having this little debate with the guy on the side and so forth. And my, 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 my resolution to that whole thing was very easy. I was going, look, man, uh, when you come to a course like this, take what you think is useful for you and your clients and leave the rest behind. Man. So I'm not going to get into a debate on why this is better, why that's better, and so forth. But, uh, you know, the old me probably would have been like, all right, well, what, 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 what can, how, what's your performance with this? And let's compare that what to, what, to what mine is. See, mine's better, so shut up. That would have been like that kind of tone. But now, now in a more secure place, I'm going, then don't do it. That's your opinion. Yeah, exactly. If you don't think it's useful, then don't do it. I'm not going to convince you that you're a traitor too, so fine. If you decide what you're going to do, I'll decide <laughs> what I'm going to do, and yeah. that's simple. So Let me tell you, nothing, nothing shuts somebody down really quick by saying those three words. That's your opinion. Yeah. They don't know what yeah, to yeah. say after that because it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, okay, well, yeah, it is. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because it's a lot better than you have a right to your opinion. It's well, like, no, that's you your opinion. <laughs> no, that's like, just your opinion. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Asshole, just, it's, it's, it's just yours, <laughs> asshole. Because <laughs> my opinion is you're an asshole. You may not be in your mind, but if it walks like an asshole, smells like an asshole, it's an asshole. <laughs> I'm definitely going to borrow that you have a right to your own opinion because there is such an underlying inference that your opinion is wrong. But you know, you got it anyway. But actually, I might, I might kind of can I contradict myself here completely and say to you that I believe with all of my heart that everyone should start Olympic lifting. <laughs> I don't really mean that. But I can't think it's cool stuff. Man. I mean, it's, it's definitely, yeah, I know you're joking around, but it, it's definitely something that's worth looking at and just looking at the mechanics of it and so forth because there's a lot of cool stuff you can pick up from that triple extension and so forth. So whether, you know, I, I prefer kettlebells, honestly, for explosive movements. They're just a better yeah. fit for my body type. Like like the, the clean position with the barbell is just very uncomfortable for me. High pulls I can do, but it's, it's just not a move I really get into. Barbell snatch, I'm pretty. I'm not great at, but that, that's the that's the best one for me out of those. But kettlebells, when I started training with those, I'm like, this is a perfect fit for me for ballistic motions. One arm kettlebell snatch doubles, and it just came so naturally to me. So that's yeah. Uh, but I but I, there's a lot of principles in Olympic lifting that I like and that I've applied somewhat to kettlebells. I mean, they're totally they're two different paradigms. So you don't want to try to use one system with the other because that's going to be flawed. But there's certain underlying principles that are definitely universal. Well, the big thing for me 
is that I've finally managed to find something where uh, being being a small little guy actually works in my favour, and also uh, where my little pipe cleaner arms haven't actually helped me back too much. So um, you know, it's actually working out pretty well. But I'm I'm competing in the um, I've been the 69 kilo class, so that's that's pretty small, huh? Yeah, I haven't seen that no, since probably yeah, since um, junior high school. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're like ten-year-old. They're ten-year-old kids who are way more than me. But, uh, <laughs> so, I, and, I, and I guess for the the metrically challenged out there, you know, that's about 150 pounds, folks. About 151 pounds. Because if I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. You, well, don't forget, yeah, you know, we're over in America. We do everything different over here. You're saying kilos? They're of like, course, oh, sorry. this dude sells drugs. Cool. <laughs> they got a drug dealer on the show. He's talking about kilos. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, so speaking of uh, positioning and prospecting, just yeah. getting back to a little segue, I remember John John used his British accent to position himself quite well when he was in Vegas last year. I think I, think I saw John with, with an entourage of skirt shirts at one point when I was driving down the strip. <laughs> just, just remind me what that means again. <laughs> i tell you what. i tell you what. Hopefully in September are, you can come over yeah. and see for yourself. Yeah, skirt shirts are, are skirts that are so short that it no longer qualifies as a mini skirt now. It's basically like the girl put a shirt on. Let me describe it even better, John. You have to shave before you go out in a skirt shirt, and I don't mean your leg. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, just, yeah. Now I get it. It's a three-quarter it. three butt warmer is what that is. <laughs> just, let's just say this. That other quarter, we know where it is. We've seen Sincere it. And I saw, Sincere was out here a couple months ago. We saw, actually last month, we saw quite a few skirt shirts. And Sincere's like, man, you've got to keep pulling it down from the front. It's a little bit too short, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. I'm telling you, best entertainment in Las Vegas is people watching, by far. You can go to yeah. a nice lounge, like at the Cosmopolitan, have a drink, kick back on a couch, and just enjoy, enjoy the show. David, man. <laughs> it's not going to be boring at all. I promise you that. It's a, well, last it's a Thursday year, night, Friday night. Last year, when I when I came out there and we, we met up last year, that was the first time I'd ever been to Vegas. Oh, okay. And um, I had a blast out there. But I was over there for a fitness trade show, and I kind of think, who came up with the idea of hosting a fitness <laughs> convention in Vegas. I don't know how well that goes together. <laughs> Maybe it goes really well oh, together. Goes extremely the well together capital of the world. world. The question is now, John, like, you know, what's next for you as far as your company and just let folks know exactly what you're going to be doing from this point on with life after men's fitness and pretty much what services you have available for folks, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm easy to find. Uh, if anyone wants to come and say hello to me, probably the best way is just kind of say hi over Twitter um, and I'm at John Lipsy Media. So very easy to find. So come and say hi. I'm always happy to answer anyone's questions about fitness branding. So if you're a fitness professional and uh, you've got a question about what you're doing and how you can stand out a little bit better, uh, then come and say hi and I will um, I'll let you know what I think. And as far as kind of longer term projects going, we're just getting some workshops off the ground at the moment. Uh, did a really successful one last year, which went very well. And so we're just developing a day that's designed to cover all of the essential things that you need to know as a fitness professional if you're looking to develop your own brand. So you come along to the workshop. It's a single day uh, with seven main areas such as branding, marketing, pricing, strategy, uh, media profile, website, uh, marketing, a uh, whole host of stuff and um, small groups so you get to interact with me a lot and also you get to meet some other people who are going through similar similar things with their own fitness businesses so it's good fun uh, it's very interactive and pretty informal as well so they're going to be launched i think the first one is looking like it's going to be towards the end of may so just come and say hi if you want to know more about that and i think towards the end of february uh, we'll be getting the new website up and there'll be lots more information on there. So no, I should only... shop now. Cause I, said I, I should shop because I, I said I didn't like selling and that, that was a bit... Uh... <laughs> Sell, damn it. Sell. Uh, but the whole interaction thing, just so people know, that's open to a wide interpretation, the whole interaction with John. So you'll learn more about that when you see him. You can do whatever key, you want. Key with. phrase, <laughs> wide. I'm very... <laughs> is there a website, John, you have? Is there a website you have for your branding services? 
the website will be up towards the end of February, and that is going to be www.reward3.com, and that's the number three. And I'll tell you why it's called Reward 3. It's uh, First of all, Reward is chosen because the best brands light up the brain's reward system. So that's why we use the word reward. And then three is about the vision, the action, and the emotion that go into creating a great brand. So you need to have the vision. You need to know what you're all about. You need to have the action of actually delivering it. And then you need to connect with people on an emotional level if you really want to uh, actually, if you want them to keep coming back, so that's that's what that's about. Hmm, that makes me think of what I'm going to change my business to. I'm going to start calling it dopamine fitness. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all about that. It's all about it's like it's get, your, about get your dopamine fulfilled <laughs> over here. <laughs> so, John, let me ask one last thing: Are you only working with fitness professionals, or are you working with folks in other industries as well, as far as branding? Well, that's an interesting question because um, quite a lot of the time, I. May, I, I, I maybe kind of put out a tweet with some branding advice and mm. I always kind of say for your fitness brand do this and I quite often get people answering me going yeah and that applies to other stuff as well and you know it, it often does because a lot of these principles are very transferable so right. I could be speaking to other groups as well but I work pretty much exclusively with fitness professionals just because I find it easy to develop relationships with them because they they, tr- they trust me because I feel, I feel like uh, I think they probably accept me. Um, and so that's why I focus just on fitness. I think it's kind of easy. If you're, if you're a fitness professional um, and you're going to somebody who might be a kind of branding consultant, they, you can imagine the kind of people who, also, who kind of work in this area. They're kind of, you know, they probably kind of dress a certain way, talk a certain way, think they're a bit cool. And if you're a fitness professional, you kind of think, well, I don't really know if this person understands me or my business or cares about what I do, whereas I think they feel comfortable with me because they know I'm in that world and they know I kind of live that same life, but I have a slightly different take on things and I've had a slightly different experience uh, with my media background or the business background. So I think that seems to work pretty well. And then also it means we can have a chat too. So often whenever I'm speaking to a client or we'll have, you know, we'll have um, a chat about uh, just, you know, what training they're up to. And it just, it just means that you can develop a more of a kind of a, a, better, a better working relationship, I think. Right. So you got likability and relatability. So yeah, right. <laughs> that right. helps out with your business. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. We'll definitely have you come back soon to talk about some developments you're, you have in process right now as well. I'd love yeah, to do that, and, and thanks for and having maybe, me, guys. Yeah, and even get into the fact, you know, there's some fitness professionals out there who probably wondering, like, how do I get to write for a magazine and things like that, and how do they go about doing it? I'm pretty sure they're wondering about that. Yeah, that would be a good topic, like, basically, what, how you determined what articles got published, how you picked, how writers got articles yeah. in that were appealing, ones that you rejected, why it was rejected. That would be a pretty right. cool topic. the pitch process, yeah, all of that. Love to chat about that, definitely. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, Thanks man. Thanks again, buddy. Take care. Thank you. That again is our friend John Lipsy. Great guy. I've, I've, I've worked with John many times in the UK, and I had a chance to hang out with him when he was in Vegas last year. Super cool guy. Very professional. Does a great job with everything he does. And know, whatever he's getting into is going to be great. And I, I actually did a little bit of work with him for some of the stuff he's working on. And it looks, it looks like a really cool project that he's getting into. Right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some developments on that front. How about yourself, man? What do you have going? What do you have going on? Anything? Anything coming up? Any workshops or products you have in development? Um, right now, the only thing is working on the weight management uh, program. About to throw the bonuses together, and that should be ready in a couple of weeks at the very cool. latest. Hopefully, it'll be ready to go by the time I get back from my beautiful vacation in oh, yeah. sunny in sunny Costa Rica. That's right. I'm gonna yeah, pull man. the trigger. I'm pulling the trigger first. I'm gonna go do some scouting. Um, on behalf of uh, Mike and myself here. Yeah, scouting. <laughs> you guys are, you and Paul Leonard going when? You're going on the 20th, yeah, we're, I think? Yeah, we're leaving like the end of the month. We're going to be gone for a week, man. Just going to go out and you have may a not good time. That's, no, that's what she said. She already said that. She, goes, she said, baby, what if I don't want to come back? I'm like, what? She'll stay. She's like, all right, go there. Here's where I want you to bring back. You know, get the dog, bring all <laughs> yeah, my this exactly. and so forth. Tell my sister to get packed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, they weren't too happy that we are going without them this time around. I said, well, guess what? 
we can go again and again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Come on, trust me, exactly. I'm racking up the points on this on this American Express card, okay? Well, I mean, most <laughs> likely you'll want to take a few trips, right? I mean, if you guys yeah. are planning on moving down there, generally it's going to – usually, I mean, the process I would imagine is you go down once, and if you like it, then you go back again and spend more time exploring and checking out where you may want to live and checking out the culture and things like that. Exactly. And so, I and mean, it's, it's an exploratory process. Yeah. And there are other parts, you know, of Costa Rica as well. It's not like it's just one main city right there. So right, there are right. other places like, you know, Tamarindo and places like like that, you know, places like um, Nadine, our guest Nadine Pisani spoke about, you know, that they checked out when they first moved out there. So the first place we're going to San Jose, which is the capital city, which is a little easier to get in, get in and out of. So that's why we wanted to go there first. So, yeah, it's a vacation, but it's also a it's a prospecting type situation as well. Just kind of see what the ebb and flow is like down there and. You know, just start to kind of really get in the conversation, the serious conversation going. You know, we've talked that we've talked about it in theory for a while now. Now it's like, okay, let's actually go there and check it out, and then see how we feel, and then see if we want to come up do a follow up visit after that. Which that will right. probably take about two weeks, and then eventually we're gonna take a month vacation if that two week one works out as well, and then we can make a decision like, okay, let's start putting some things together and start getting ready to make that move. So we'll we'll see, man. But like I said, basically the biggest thing is to go there and just unwind you know, get away from the grind for a little bit, man, you know, refuel, hit the reset button, come back here and, you know, right. really ready to hustle when we get back, man. So, yeah. and that's yeah. the thing you, you got to do that sometimes. Like I said, no matter Definitely. whether you're leaving out of the country or if you're leaving across country or you're just going somewhere on the other side of town and doing a staycation, like we always talk about, you got to hit that, that reset button every now and then. Otherwise right. you're just going to wear yourself out. So no like every, Everyone deserves that reset button when you're busting your ass, man. So know that. I'm getting uh, I'm getting a reset button actually about 30 minutes after this call because I got a buddy of mine who's coming over to give me some IV treatment for vitamin C, B vitamins. I think even glutathione. Oh. I've got I've got a nice hookup here in town where nice. I don't even have to go to a clinic. I have a guy who comes over to the house, he sets up the IV bag, and I just kick back. And it's a friend of mine too. So we just chit chat for a bit, and I'm gonna I'll report back on the next show. What I I've never actually had IV vitamin. C treatment before. I've had B vitamins and, yeah. and other things, which was awesome, but I've never had the vitamin C stuff before. And I was feeling a little bit run down this week. So I go, this is perfect. Let's try it out now and then see how I do working out tomorrow. So I'll report back on that. But I've for got some reason, for some reason, man, I see, I see the scene from Pulp Fiction where John Travolta comes <laughs> up to his buddy's house, you know, when, you know, when um, Uma Thurman is like OD and man, I just yeah. see you going to your dealers, you know, he's coming over to your house and you're like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my drug dealer is a guy coming over with a vitamin C drip. Exactly. Hey, all, all my neighbors are like, what's he doing in there? This guy's coming in with those side beef bags and so forth. <laughs> it's like, that guy, get again. What's he doing in there? He's getting all loaded. He's like, nah, it's just my fitness regimen. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, what do you have coming up, though, man? We've got uh, two supplements in development. I've got an estrogen control product, which is badass, awesome, three awesome ingredients. And uh, I actually have the the formula finalized, so I'm just going to go into production probably next month. And then probably what I'm going to do actually is do a small batch, maybe like 100 bottles or something, so I can send you some, send some of my other friends some. And then I'm going to pick a a bunch of my top customers for my testosterone booster, and I'm going to send them some just to get their feedback. This will be a gift. And then I'll look at that feedback just to make sure that I, I know it works well for me and I know it's a good product, but I'd like to get some more feedback from other people before I really pull the trigger on this. And then also from a, from a marketing standpoint, now I've got a bunch of testimonials too. So that when I actually launch the product, it's not going to just be, here's some information. And then you're going, well, has anyone taken this? No. Well, I'm just going to wait for someone else to take it. Then I'll decide because that's how most people are. Right. So if I come out of the gate with you know, 20 testimonials, I mean, like my testosterone booster now has like 50 testimonials on the website. I mean, it just goes on and on forever. And there's no doubt that really helps people with whether they're going to buy it or not because these are legit testimonials. So I think it would be interesting to come out with a product where I already have 20, 25 testimonials from day one as opposed to just coming out of the gate and you've got good copy, but no one sees any feedback from anyone who's actually taken it. So that's my strategy with that. I have an, an adrenal energy, natural energy product, whatever you want to call it. That one's pretty much finalized too. I think that one, I was actually thinking about that one first to launch, but I think I'm going to do that one second just because I would like to play around a little bit more with the formula. You know, I'm not in a rush to put any of this stuff on. I think that's an important, important consideration for anyone who's thinking about developing their own nutrition products or anything is that take your time with it. You don't, have to, you don't have to analyze every single aspect of it, but do it right. Take the time that's necessary to do a really good job. 
and then you're not going to have to worry about making mid-course corrections, meaning you don't have this big launch and then you're getting a lot of negative feedback because you didn't do your due diligence and now you have to go back to square one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big headache, man. You don't want to do that. Right. So take your time with it. Workshop-wise, I've got some stuff coming up in Australia. I'm not doing a whole lot of teaching this year, so I'm just going to do a few things in Australia and maybe a few other places. That's going to be in Brisbane and Melbourne. I'm going to get the pronunciation right, guys. Melbourne, Melbourne. Call me, call me out on that. All that information is on my website, MikeMahler.com. Use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements. You can use that same code to get 30% off Sincere's digital download, right? Or is it both? Digital both. download and the digital or the physical. And a physical copy of his bodyweight training video, and he's getting a ton of great feedback on that. And it's, it's funny that the video's been around for a bit, but it's new if you have it's new if you've never seen it before, right? What's happening is there's like a whole new audience of people that are seeing it now because of the show and other avenues and, and loving it. So it's, it's right. definitely worth checking out. And that's at newwarriortraining.com since here. Yes, sir. All right, that's going to do it for this week, man. We're, we're going to wrap this sucker up. All right, folks. So keep your feedback coming. Keep those downloads coming. Keep subscribing over on Stitcher and iTunes and leaving those rings and reviews. And other than that, everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye.